Today's episode is brought to you by the She Leads Podcast Network, the first network for women by women. Visit SheLeadsPodcast.com to learn more today. Welcome to the Creative Visionaries Podcast. My name is Tori Barker, a digital marketing specialist, business owner, mom, and you guessed it, a creative visionary. This podcast is about inspiring business owners, building connections, sharing success stories, and motivating others. Join me on this journey as we tap into your true potential and unleash your inner visionary. Welcome everyone back to the Creative Visionaries podcast. I have the pleasure of introducing you to our next guest, Scott Aaron. Scott is an award-winning online marketer, a best-selling author, a top podcaster, speaker, and owner of Scott Aaron Coaching, Speaking, and Consulting. He is also known as the go-to specialist when it comes to using LinkedIn. Scott, welcome, and tell us a little bit more about yourself. Sure. Thank you, Tori. It's uh, an honor and a privilege to be here. And uh, you you kind of covered it all. I, I am, uh, people consider me a, a LinkedIn guru. Uh, I, I would consider myself more a human connection expert that leveraged LinkedIn with those skills and talents. So I've been coaching for over 25 years. I started in the health and wellness industry. Uh, I was a traditional brick and mortar business owner, owned multiple gyms, did some personal training, uh, sports nutritionist, corporate wellness speaking. So I've constantly been in a space where people were coming to me with a problem and I was providing them a solution. And it just so happens now I'm doing that using LinkedIn. That's awesome. And then, so you really set yourself apart um, by writing some books. Can you tell us about uh, the books that you've written and then the recent book that you have? Yeah, totally. So the first book uh, I wrote was actually back in 2016, uh, crazy enough, six and a half years ago. It's called Good Guys Always Win. Uh, It's kind of, I don't want to say my biography, but it's a lot of my personal side, things I had to go through and grow through, uh, challenges, you know, being bullied and picked on, um, filing for bankruptcy, my, my father being incarcerated, like a lot of those, you know, life altering situations that really changes one's trajectory in life. And it, it was funny. Uh, the book started out, it was a dare in all honesty. I was on I was on Periscope, if anybody remembers what that was, uh, that was on Twitter at one point. And uh, I asked my audience, I said, you know, what would you like to see me do that I haven't done before? And someone wrote, write a book. And I'm like, okay. So <laughs> I wrote a book. Uh, it was only like 75 pages, but it's uh, it's a, a really good uh, peeling back of the layers for people to get to know me more on a personal level and the mindset shifts that I needed to make. Um, the second book that I released, which was in 2018, uh, was my first bestseller. It's called the LinkedIn book for network marketing. So when I transitioned out of the gym industry into online marketing, um, I got my training wheels, uh, through the means of network marketing, uh, partnered with a wonderful company and learned a ton, um, in the three and a half, four years that I built that business. And that's how I actually found LinkedIn and the book. Um, even though I started in 2013 uh, with the online marketing space, uh, the 2018 book was um, what came about from leveraging LinkedIn for that business. And uh, it was ranked 
by bookauthority.com as the number one LinkedIn book of all time, which I was very, very grateful to receive that award. That's huge. Um, yeah. And uh, it's, it still sells multiple copies every day, uh, has been for the last four years. So it's pretty cool. It's, it's, I mean, it, it's, it's sold about 3,000 copies since it's been released. So uh, at least a couple books a day. Um, and uh, the third book, which uh, became my third bestseller, was the marketing workbook for LinkedIn. So this was more of uh, a compatible partner to the first book. So I wanted people to take notes. So I basically extracted all the important aspects uh, of the first book and put it into a workbook form so you can actually write in it. And people loved it because they still learn all the things they need to do, but in a very almost like condensed version and where they can kind of, you know, doodle and and write whatever it is they want to write. And then my third bestseller um, and the last book that I released was called The Network Marketing Academy. Um, but the, the Network Marketing Academy and the Marketing Workbook for LinkedIn both were released during the pandemic. I released them in 2020. So I wrote two books during the pandemic, had a lot of free time on my hands. Good use so of your time. <laughs> made, made good use of my time. And, and the Marketing Workbook for LinkedIn was more of a, it's a, almost like a picture book for adults. So I um, I have a, a membership. Um, it's called the Networking and Marketing Academy. It's a low-level academy for entrepreneurs to learn mindset, organizational skills, lead gen, and social media. So what I did was I took a lot of the visual trainings from that membership and put it into almost like a picture book for uh, adult entrepreneurs yeah. where it's broken down into those four concepts where there's a lot of PDF pictures and visuals. And it's 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 a fun book. Um my most recent book uh, is actually an updated second edition to the 2018 book. Um, so the first book was the LinkedIn book for network marketing. The one that just came out in August is called the LinkedIn book for sales and marketing. So I've pivoted out of network marketing. Um, I I haven't really done anything in the industry from a business standpoint uh, since 2017. I will still coach people here and there, but I, I now work with a lot of top business professionals, financial firms, business coaches, consultants. Now um, I speak to companies and organizations. That's where more of my time is directed to now. Still support the industry and the profession and anyone that wants help. But this book is more of a general marketing and sales strategy book. So I updated a lot of the content from the book that came out four years ago, added a whole new chapter on the new features of LinkedIn, new case studies, clients that uh, closed millions in sales, hundreds of thousands of sales, uh, because a lot has really happened within my coaching in the last four years. And uh, I wanted to highlight in that book. And um, I'm very proud of it and um, excited about the the new book and, and hope people get their hands on it. Yeah, I love that. And, you know, one of the, the cool things about um, writing books about this sort of subject and platform is that everything's always evolving. So it's almost like you always have new content to write about. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, next year you can have another edition and it just can continue to grow from there. And just adding your level of expertise um, as the years go on is, is a perfect strategic opportunity. Yeah. I, I just think it makes sense. You know, every, it, it would be, I would be doing a disservice to my community and my network if I let the 2018 book be the, the 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 statue, so to speak, to represent what I teach, because yes, some of the stuff in that original book is completely applicable, but some of the stuff is not. And right, right. 
as my network has changed because I don't work with a lot of network marketers anymore, I work more with business professionals. I wanted to cater to the new demographic of the people that I'm working with. And it's just called business evolution and it happens all the time. <laughs> yes, for sure. Yeah. So can you tell us, um, you encourage your audience to create m- meaningful, co- um, meaningful connections. Yes. So tell us what you mean by meaningful connections and how you do that through LinkedIn. So the, the, the idea of meaningful connections is removing the preconceived expectation of a sales pitch or um, the result in someone buying something that you have. Because there's a lot of people in business that go about this spray and pray methodology that I'm just going to talk to every single person. I'm really not going to listen to what they're saying. And I'm just going to verbal vomit my business all over them and hopefully they buy. And it doesn't work that way. That's not how that's, that's not how business is done. It's a shotgun approach, as exactly. I like to call it. Yeah. Well, I mean, th- th- think about dating. Do you want a yeah. one night, constant one night stands or do you want to have meaningful relationships with people? Right. And everybody wants to be in a meaningful relationship. So I, re- I really correlate, you know, building meaningful connection um, by really focusing on the human connection aspect, but being a great listener. And how you become a great listener is by asking great questions. Because most of the time when uh, business professionals uh, or business owners are on phone calls with ideal clients or prospects, they're thinking too much in their head about the next question that they're going to ask, almost like a checklist. Like, what is your name? Where are you from? What's your favorite color? What's your sign? And (laughs) No matter what the person said to the previous question, they're not even, okay, next. So (laughs) for me, it's removing that side of things and, you know, really connecting with someone. There's a saying that goes, we have two ears and one mouth for a reason, right? So it's really listening to that person and paying attention. And my wife read this book once, and um, I'm not sure. I, I don't know what it's called, but in the book, it goes over how you you can make anyone fall in love with you in 20 minutes. And the premise of that is if you can get someone to talk about themselves for 20 minutes to you and you just listen, they're going to love you because, yeah. you know, human nature is we just want to be heard. We want to be listened to. Right. So the the art of creating meaningful connection is a connecting with the right people so you don't as you mentioned the shotgun approach you don't want to just spray and pray on linkedin and connect with anyone and everyone you want to think about who are the people with what i provide whether it's a good a product a service a program coaching consulting whatever it is From a business standpoint, who are those people that I best serve? Now, knowing the people that you serve and then you connect with them, when you get them on the phone or a Zoom, you really focus on just learning about them. You're not, again, there's no preconceived notion of how am I going to close the sale by the end of this call? It's what can I do to lower the wall of resistance, raise the level of connection so at some point, When it's a good time for that person, whether it be now or six years from now, they're going to want to work with me. And that's where you ask clear questions to get clear answers to build the know, like, and trust. Because at the end of the day, 
building meaningful connection broken down is no one buys anything from anyone that they don't know, like, or trust. So if you go into every conversation with the uh, expectation of trying to close them rather than knowing I need to get this person to know, like, and trust me before I even talk about my business, people will succeed more than fail because you're looking to actually build a relationship rather than just trying to sell them. Yeah. So when you're, when you're building these connections and trying to connect with second and third level people on LinkedIn, what have you found has helped to open up that conversation? Cause a lot of times, I mean, I know I get spammed all the time on LinkedIn and there's people who are like, Oh, I saw your profile. We have connections in common. Like, I mean, do you leverage people who they also know? Do you write the personal notes? Do you um, start commenting on their, their content? What do you, what's your layered approach or what do you think is the best method for having opening up that conversation for a genuine connection? So the first thing is, you know, LinkedIn's great because your second connections are always free to you. So I always recommend, don't worry about your first connections as they're your existing connections. Third and plus you need premium or navigator for, don't worry about paying for that. Focus on your second connections, which is your first connections, first connections. So when you start connecting with the right people, um, there's a couple things that you can do. Number one, um, don't add a note. So there's a lot of people that do that and I mean, I, I have gobs of horrible notes attached to messages like, yeah, it seems like you got a wellness background. We should connect. And it's like <laughs> that that's that's not going to entice me to want to hit accept. It's going to want me to hit ignore, which so I break down. There's three instances where you should add a note to a connection request. So if you're listening to this, um, if you know the person, so obviously Tori and I know each other, so if Tori found me on LinkedIn, she could send me a connection request, attach a note and say, hey, you, you know, surprise, we're not connected on here. Would love to connect. Right. Obviously, I'm going to accept the connection. Tori's a friend of mine. It's just how it works. Now, the second instance is if you were referred to that person. Mm-hmm. So it just happened to me today. Um, a client of mine referred her business partner to me mm-hmm. and they ended up hiring me today. So the business partner reached out to me. They added a note and they said, hey, um, my business partner, your friend and client, so-and-so um, told me I should reach out to you to talk about your LinkedIn program. Can we hop on a call? So that was in the note. So that's that's like an immediate accept the request, write back, get on a call, which we did. So the second instance is if you were referred to connect to that person and stating how you were referred to that person. Yeah. The third instance is if you found them through another social channel. So that could be, you read their book, you listened to their podcast, you uh, attended a summit and saw their presentation. You make note of that, you know, Hey Scott, read your book, love it. Would love to connect here on LinkedIn. That's also a warm lead for me because that's someone that's already warmed up. They got the know, like, and trust going. Yeah. Those are the only three instances where you're going to add a note, but on the flip side of that, for people listening, those are the only three instances where you're going to want to accept a connection request if a no- in a note. If you're getting those notes that have all the spammy, pitchy things, just either leave it, leave it or if it's really bad, hit ignore. Otherwise, don't accept it. Now, yeah. when, you're, when you're making these genuine connections, you're just connecting with people that fit into two buckets, uh, ideal clients 
So these are people that benefit from your product, your good, or your service. And the other is power partners, people that can introduce you to others by uh, a written introduction or much like what Tori and I are doing right now on a podcast. So right now, she is introducing me to her entire network to build a know, like, and trust. So you can connect with other podcasters on LinkedIn by just searching business podcast host or podcast host comma business. Reach out. And then you can message them, which brings me to the next layer of this. The way that you start building the connection is by messaging people the right way to get them to respond. Messaging can be a very messy situation on LinkedIn if it's done wrong. So you don't want to send some 18 paragraph drunk log verbal vomit message to someone that's selling and pitching them and click this link and book a call. Watch this video. Let me know your thoughts here. Bye now. Like. I'm sorry. It, Do you it, have a minute to chat? Like I yeah, love those. <laughs> like it, it, it doesn't it doesn't work now. Yeah. So I have something called the magic formula, which is a three step process of handcrafting a message. And I I repeat, handcrafting a message. You're not using any automated software to lower the wall of resistance and raise the level of connection, as I stated earlier. And it's as simple as this. The first step is mentioning the person's name in a very relaxed and warm fashion. Hey, Tori, great to be connected to you. Not dear Tori, comma, space, indent, next paragraph. How are you today? How's business? It's too (laughs) stuffy. You, you want to humanize yourself. I mean, we're, we're, we're people talking to people that that's what it's all about. After the relaxed opening, the second part of that message is your opportunity to extend the olive branch. You're you're lowering the drawbridge. You're stating a connection point between you and that person where they're going to read it and they're going to be like, oh, yes, that's, it makes complete sense why Scott's reaching out to me right now. So it could be as simple as, you know, hey, Tori, so great to be connected to you. I noticed that you had a business podcast, as do I. Would love to hear about yours share more a little about mine and how we can support one another here on LinkedIn. Now, I've done two things there. Number one, I stated the obvious connection point between myself and Tori. So from the passenger side perspective, Tori's perspective, she's going to be reading that. And she's going to be like, oh, this makes complete sense why Scott reached out to me. Yeah, He's a podcaster. I'm a podcaster. It makes sense. The second thing I did is I use the second most important word in the English language. And that word is support. So there were actual scientific studies done uh, on wordplay or how someone's brain uh, responded to specific words, whether uh, it created cortisol peaks um, out of fear or anxiety or stress, uh, dopamine, serotonin. They found when people read the word support in their mind after seeing it in writing, it triggered their brain to release a brain chemical called oxytocin. This is our feel-good brain chemical. It's the warm and fuzzies that we feel sometimes. So this person ends up feeling good about the message that they're reading, which again, from a psychological standpoint, um, is going to entice them to organically want to respond to something that feels good. Now, The third and final part of that is where you add your CTA, a call to action. Questions lead to answers. Statements lead to nowhere. You have to ASK 
to G-E-T. You have to ask in order to get. So if I finish that beautiful message with, let me know when's good for you, Tori. Well, guess what? <laughs> She's not going to tell me. Never. Yeah. Because <laughs> I haven't asked. So, but if I rephrase that and say, is there a time this week or next week that works best for you to hop on a Zoom or a phone call? I've asked a crystal clear question, which is going to bring back and yield a crystal clear answer. So that's where all the nurturing takes place, connecting with the right people, messaging people genuinely, and then getting on the phone and being a human being. Don't be weird. Just talk to people, ask questions, get to know them so you can build that know, like, and trust. So at the end, when you ask them, how can we support each other? Or has anything I mentioned today or discussed, could it best serve you? They can say, yes. How can I work with you? It's yeah. really that easy. Yeah. One of the things you mentioned is is the words, right? The the keywords or the adjectives. Another thing that I think sometimes people miss is their um uh their title, right? So they put just a generic, you know, I'm a business owner or whatever, but that's so much real estate, quote unquote, that you can leverage adjectives to describe who you are and talk about, you know, the things that you do and, and give people those kind of indirect, um, you know, feeling or uh, understanding of who you are. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, if anyone goes to my profile on the headline, it, it says podcaster, it says best-selling author, speaker, uh, marketing specialist, brand specialist, business coach. Like I, I want people to know how unique and how diverse I am with what I do. I don't, I don't, Yes, I teach everything around LinkedIn, but there are different variants of what I teach within that umbrella. And I don't want to leave any stoned unturned. So I'm going to make sure that I keyword everything within my profile. Yeah. But also the 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 things that I'm searching for keyword wise are in complete alignment with both of those things. Yeah. And and is it important too to incorporate those keywords throughout like your bio section, the experience section? Talk about leveraging those uh, areas to incorporate adjectives and keywords. Yeah. Everything starts from your profile. I call it the hub of your business. So if if you have a website um, and it's not optimized, you're not going to appear in searches when people are Googling for something that you have to offer. right? Right. So Typically, you're going to order from the sushi restaurant that has the best keywords on their profile in your local area when you do that Google search. It's just how it works. The same thing goes for your LinkedIn profile. If it's not keyworded the right way, uh, as you mentioned, from your headline to your summary section, to your experience section, your descriptions, you're you're going to be invisible. So the one thing that I always tell people to do is treat your LinkedIn profile like the homepage to your website. Is it clear what you do or if it's not clear and if it's confusing, then it's confusing to everybody. Yeah. You you, you want things laid out in a way where when someone visits your profile on LinkedIn, they know exactly what you do, how you do it, who you serve and what the offerings that you have are. So it is very SEO uh, optimize. So search engine optimization. Yeah. So you're not using key phrases. You're using a lot of keywords. So you heard me mention a few minutes ago, making sure that your headline has keywords, coach, you know, business, podcast, author, speaker, branding, marketing, because you have to think about 
again, going back to the passenger side perspective that I spoke about, people are using the search engine of LinkedIn for keywords, not yeah. key phrases. They're searching for podcast, business coach, yeah. strategist, marketing, branding. And if you have, well, I help business owners that are three to five years in business leverage, I, you're never going to pop up. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, you're, you're going to be invisible. So yeah. really break things down at a very foundational level from basic keywords and flutter those same keywords that you have in your headline scatter them all throughout your about me section, scatter them all throughout your experience section, no matter what it is that you're doing, because the more time that you mention a keyword, just like a website, the more you're going to appear in the search engine. It's the same thing. Yeah. What about um, company pages? So a lot of us business owners, we have, of course, the personal LinkedIn profile and then the business or the company page is the same approach would you apply the same approach to a company page? Actually not. Um, so the company pages are good for, I would say, two reasons. Number one, uh, on your profile, instead of having the little bar graph as an icon for the experience section, if you actually create a company page and link that to the experience section, your logo from your company page will appear on your LinkedIn profile experience section, which is really nice. That's that's the one benefit. The second benefit is you have a means to reshare your content out on. So um, I have four company pages, a fifth one that's on its way. Every time I post from my personal profile, so everyone listening, you create and distribute your content on LinkedIn from your personal page. You reshare it to your company page after. So I'll, I did a LinkedIn live earlier today, streamed to my personal. After the live was done, went on to LinkedIn. I hit the share button. I said, reshare this post. I chose each one of those company pages. So I shared it out four times. What it does it gives you more exposure through the algorithm of LinkedIn because they see that it's been shared four times. Mm. And number two, it's going to give your businesses more exposure if you have multiple businesses like Nancy and I do. But if you have one company page, one business, it's going to give more exposure. It's going to put under a magnifying glass yeah. because LinkedIn company pages are just like Facebook business pages. You have to throw money at it. And the click-through rate and the cost per um, the CTA, the, the, the uh, click-through rate and the cost per acquisition of someone on LinkedIn is so sky high, it's not worth throwing money at it. That's why it's always best to leverage the company page in the aspect of producing the content from the personal and then resharing it to the company. Yeah. You know, it's interesting. Um, I have several clients of mine who they're new to the company page world. And so they're like, how am I supposed to, to leverage this? How, how do you utilize it? And so I go through those same steps, right? These are kind of the things that we need to do. And these are the importance of it. And, you know, really um, framing it a lot like the Facebook, right? People understand it when they think about, okay, Facebook personal page and then Facebook business page. And, yep. you know, I think LinkedIn has come a long way over the last couple of years, you know, specifically in just like algorithm changes and enhancements and mobile optimized and like apps and all that stuff that, that now they're really taking over this market too, uh, in a B2B world, um, that I, you know, typically 
focus on. And, and so it's fun to see the growth of LinkedIn and, you know, learn these little nuances that will help uh, businesses and company pages optimize over time and grow followers and do all of that stuff. Yeah. And the other good thing about company pages, um, well, number one, you can put all your information on there. So you can have your website link, uh, you can have opt-ins, but the other thing is why it's important uh, to build everything through your personal pages, because the more that you leverage your personal page and grow uh, a bigger network, you're given 250 invitation credits to your company page per month. So every 30 days. So if if you're active growing your network, right? The first of every month, you can invite 250 of your new contacts that you made that month over to your company page. And now you can grow that. So you're taking people from your personal to your business, mm -hmm. which again, adds to your credibility. So LinkedIn gives you that. So yeah. you can invite, um, what is it? 3000 people a year to your company page organically. I mean, that's even if 10% of the people say yes, and 90% of the people say, no, you got 300 people now that are liking your page, which is awesome. Right. Which then they'll start to see that content in their newsfeed. And exactly. Yeah. So talk about uh, creator mode. So this is something that I think a lot of people have been talking about and hearing about and talk about the benefits of the creator mode on LinkedIn. So there's a number of benefits of creator mode and there's, there, there's actually two camps of people on LinkedIn. There's people that loathe creator mode and there's people that love it. I love it because what LinkedIn wants now, they want people to create content. So if you want to leverage LinkedIn from the standpoint of really being a creator, being an influencer, being uh, an expert in your space, you're going to want to turn this feature on because there are benefits to it. Number one, um, you get less spam connections because it turns the uh, connect button into follow. So yeah. you can grow a larger following, uh, which, which is great because people can still message you. They can still connect with you. Uh, they can still engage in your content. The second thing is when you turn creator mode on, uh, you can list up to five talking points about what you speak on. So again, you're building like a journey for people. So when they stumble upon your profile, right under your headline, it shows speaks about, and then it lists five different topics. So when you're connecting with the right people and they're seeing, oh, this person talks about marketing and branding and lead generation. I'm going to want to follow them. I'm going to want to stay really, really close. Now, the other thing is that it also allows you to leverage the LinkedIn notification bell. So for a lot of people that didn't know this, you can't see it on your profile. So if Tori was to go to her profile, there would just be a little pencil there. Yeah. But if Tori was to go to my profile, in the right-hand corner um, of my, my profile, you would see a little notification bell. And when someone rings that bell, they get a notification every single time you produce a piece of content, which again, drives more organic engagement. So yeah, I, I always that. remind people, always remind people, don't forget after this video, head over to my profile, ring my notification bell. So you're notified of all my content that comes out Monday through Saturday. So again, you always want to do that. Now, as far as the tools that creator mode gives you, uh, LinkedIn Live, number one, uh, LinkedIn Newsletters, number two, and LinkedIn Audio Rooms, number three. So LinkedIn Live is like, I don't know, it's like the greatest thing ever created. I, I love it because, you know, it's, I started with Facebook Live, but, you know, people 
there's people that don't like LinkedIn Live because you have to use a third-party streaming app like Restream yeah. or StreamYard. Uh, they want to be able to just go you know, live on their mobile. I don't like that because it's like, you're talking this close. It's just your, 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 your arms get tired. You're like, yeah, <laughs> like I, I like using restream and Streamyard because you can have professional banners. You can have talking points. You can show people's comments on there. It's just, it's more professional. You want to be taken seriously. You have to look like a professional, right. but you can't access LinkedIn live without turning creator mode on. Now, the other brilliant thing about creator mode is I had LinkedIn Live before creator mode was really a thing. You had to apply for LinkedIn Live. And I applied six times before I was able to start using it. Now, when you turn creator mode on, as long as you have over 150 connections, you're abiding by the user agreement of LinkedIn, and you are already producing organic content Within 24 to 48 hours, you're going to be able to leverage LinkedIn Live. And with StreamYard, it's free. You open up a free account. You connect your uh, LinkedIn profile to it. You go into StreamYard. You hit new broadcast. Select your LinkedIn profile. You type in the title, description, enter the studio, go live. You're done. Now, LinkedIn newsletters are amazing because... If anyone has ever written a LinkedIn article and then they post it and they're like, no one sees this. It got viewed by four people. Like, yes. what's going on here? Like four people. What did people? I do this for? Right. So the, the interesting thing about LinkedIn newsletters is when you have the ability to create a newsletter, you want to create a newsletter that speaks to your niche, right? So my newsletter is called LinkedIn tips and updates. So it's a, a weekly newsletter where I summarize things that I've talked about from that week into yeah. a long form newsletter. Yeah. Now, the great thing is when you create your newsletter, LinkedIn does two things for you. Number one, first, they send an invitation out on your behalf to every single connection you have to subscribe to your newsletter. Yeah. So right now, I have around 6,500 subscribers to my newsletter, which again is great. It's it's 6,500 6, people that want to see my newsletter every single week. Yeah. The second thing that they do is for every subscriber, they actually do two things to nurture those subscribers. Number one, every time you release a newsletter, they send them a push notification, which means mm -hmm. their little notification bell goes off right. and it says, you know, hey, Tori, uh, Scott's new newsletter just dropped. Go check it out. The second thing, which I think is amazing, LinkedIn personally emails every single subscriber your newsletter. Now, why is that so awesome? Well, because you didn't have of, to do it yourself. No. <laughs> well, A, you didn't have to do it yourself. B, you want to start uh, GDPR regulation wise collecting emails. All you have to do is put a hyperlink at the end of your article through LinkedIn and it, it shows up as a clickable link through the email that LinkedIn says uh, sends people. So yeah. if you want people to download a free gift, book a call, register for an event, you can start generating leads right from LinkedIn emailing all of those subscribers. Now, so if you haven't started one, start one. Do it weekly or bi-weekly. Daily is too much. Yeah. Uh, monthly is not too 
to uh, not I'm often enough. enough. Yeah. So you want to kind of stick with either weekly or biweekly. Um, the third thing, which I just got the ability to do, uh, is LinkedIn audio rooms. So this is LinkedIn's direct competition to Clubhouse. So a lot of yeah. people are probably familiar with that. So you create these audio events where it's audio only. People can listen in via the desktop or mobile app, but it's just like Clubhouse. People can raise their hands. You can bring them up. And it's almost like weekly panel discussion. So I actually have not leveraged it yet. Yeah. Um, for me, when I when I utilize a tool and a resource, I have to figure out where it's going to fit in with my flow of content. Right. So it's most likely looking like Tuesday is going to be audio room day uh, because Monday I do a live, Tuesday I do a post, Wednesday I do uh, a poll, Thursday I do a live, and then Friday I do uh, my article. Now I could flip-flop. I could do my poll question on Tuesday and then do the audio room Wednesday. Still trying to figure it out, but the audio audio room is great because A, you can create an event and then you can invite certain people to it. So if you want to nurture people and again, eventually have client acquisition happening, invite yeah. people to that audio room, make it a weekly consistent thing, make it something where you're teaching, uh, you're educating, you're informing, you're building the know, like, and trust. And again, creator mode, makes all of those things useful and handy to everyone that turns it on. Now, is there an optimal time frame for those like lives and the audios? Are they 10 minutes, 20 minutes? What's the optimum time for doing those pieces? So what I suggest, so LinkedIn suggests for the LinkedIn live to be at least 15 minutes to get the enough traction. So yep. mine end up being between 20 to 30 minutes for LinkedIn live. The audio rooms, typically are 60 minutes in length. Yeah. Um, I'm just going off of what A, I've seen people do with right. them so far, which seems in alignment uh, with what people are doing on Clubhouse. It's typically like 60 minute rooms. The other thing is any content that you do put out, uh, you want to make sure that you get your content produced and out before 10 o'clock Eastern Standard Time. Hmm. Uh, reason being, you want to hit the West Coast first thing in the morning when they wake up. You want to hit the mountain standard time people when they're getting ready for their day. Yeah. Uh, the central standard time people, they're just getting to work. And then the Eastern time zone people are kind of getting into the beginning flow of their morning routine. The other great thing is the earlier you get it out, the more it's going to uh, play on repeat or replay. So you're going to get some traction on the back end of things when people pop on in the afternoon or later in the day. That's for the lives. But any post that I do put out, it's always before 10 o'clock in the morning Eastern standard. Yeah. You know, one thing um, that I think would be cool when you're talking about that is I wish that there was, and maybe there is, tell me if I'm, if I don't know, um, if there was like a tab or some sort of section within LinkedIn that you could go to the lives or you could go to the audio rooms, kind of like on Instagram, how they have stories or they have reels that you can go specifically to those. Uh, that that would be cool. Yeah. There, there, there is none. And that's why they started um, doing that with the notification bell. Right. So people can basically discern what they do and what they do not want to watch or listen to. Yeah. But I do like that idea. That's that, that would be a great recommendation for them to yeah. basically have a LinkedIn like, yeah, just like on Facebook, it's called Facebook watch, right? So yeah. the stuff that's going on live, um, if there's an audio room, there's a basically a separate section where they can see what audio rooms are going on. But I yeah. think, I think that's on the horizon. 
but that's why they want people to lean on the notification bell so they can really start driving organic traffic that way. We'll just have to go up to LinkedIn and, and put in our suggestions. I'll go <laughs> stop by there a little bit later, see what they say. <laughs> Don't forget to mention my name. No. <laughs> I got you covered. So one of the last things I wanted you to touch on was this LinkedIn accelerator program that you offer. So yeah. tell us about, you know, a little high level, what that is, how people can learn about it um, and just how they can take advantage of this, the program that you offer. Yeah. So the LinkedIn accelerator program is my flagship program uh, that in an hour and 45 minutes, you can learn everything that you need to know about LinkedIn from start to finish. Um, how to optimize your profile, build the right kind of network, message people properly, an example structure of your sales call, uh, creating the content that you need to create, marketing and branding yourself. And I broke it down into eight modules uh, where I recorded myself on LinkedIn going through all the steps of what I've done uh, and what my wife has done to grow our seven-figure plus business now. And I broke it down in this eight-video, hour and 45-minute total course. Um, so it is high level. It's not fluff. Um, there's no hidden agendas. I show you exactly what you need to do. Uh, there's downloadable scripts uh, that you can use for messaging. You hear me on an actual example phone call as if I was talking to a potential ideal client and customer. Yeah. Um, and it, it's evergreen. So you can go through this thing as many times as you want, as often as you want. The other good thing is I update it on a yearly basis. So once a year, I update the entire course to make sure, again, going back to what we talked about with the book, that yeah. it's relevant. Um, I'm not going to be teaching on something that's out of date right. um, or not relevant anymore. So um, if a video becomes out of date, I re-record a new one, slide the old one out, slide the new one in, and then I email all my virtual clients. Obviously, they need to log back in and check it out. Um, the other benefit of that is anyone that that is a part of my virtual coaching environment, uh, even though it is a self-guided course, they do have access to me through LinkedIn Messenger with any questions. So if they go and they fix their profile, and they want some feedback, they can message me, Scott, just fix my profile. What do you think? What would you change? So even though it is a virtual course, people can lean on me and ask any question that they want um, from the coaching program. Now, the other great thing is, is that this is not a $10,000 course. Uh, I wanted to price this at a level where no matter where somebody was starting in their business, whether they're new, whether they're seasoned, uh, whether they're pivoting, uh, it's monetarily affordable to anyone. And it's a thousand hour course that can be paid in full, or there's even a two payment option where you can only pay half up front. You still get instant access to the course right away. And then you're just billed 30 days later. Um, as far as where they can get it, um, obviously Tori has a, a special link, um, where you can actually purchase the course. Uh, and again, you get instant access the, the reason why I created this was because I wanted to help as many business professionals as possible uh, succeed as much as possible using LinkedIn. And people ask all the time, you know, wh why do you only charge $1,000? Well, reason being, A, I wanted it to be very affordable, uh, yeah. but B, I wanted the R ROI to be so easy to make back that it becomes a no-brainer. And Absolutely. once you learn, once you learn this system, which 
Again, it's an hour and 45 minutes to go through the course, but to apply what you learn only takes 20 minutes a day. So if you actually block out 20 minutes a day and apply my strategy, you're going to see results almost instantly. Yeah, definitely. And, you know, it is a no brainer that something like that can can help you twofold or tenfold or however many, you know, if you take the strategy and apply it on a daily basis, then you're just going to continue to grow from there. And, you know, my audience, you can, you know, find the the link in the description of uh, this episode. You'll be able to access the LinkedIn accelerator program so that you guys can purchase it and take advantage of that opportunity. Scott, thank you for all the information. I feel like we have dropped some huge nuggets here, some great information people can take from this episode and just, you know, apply, you know, moving forward from, you know, today for for sure. So thank you for that opportunity. And um, any final words, any final advice that you would share with anyone? Yeah, I, I would say first and foremost, thank you for for allowing me to be here today. But to, to the audience, you know, when it when it comes time to invest, you have to think about what is it going to, what's it actually going to cost my business not to do something um, like this. So if you're not happy with where your business is, you want to generate more leads, you want to generate more income, we have a solution for you. And the other thing that you need to understand is that your failures always open the doors to your successes. Yeah. So this program came about because of all the failures that I had in business. So I could save people a lot of time and a lot of money to not repeat the things that I did. So <laughs> they can get to being successful a lot quicker uh, in a more streamlined fashion. And again, at the end of the day, the reason why my wife and I do what we do is because we love helping people and we want to see people succeed as much as possible. And we know we can do that with this program. Definitely appreciate your time. Thank you, Scott. Um, and we'll put some links in there for everybody to connect with you, to get uh, access to the leadership or the LinkedIn accelerator program at buying your book, all the resources you have available. Thank you again for your time today. Thanks, Tori. Thanks so much for listening to the Creative Visionaries podcast. If you've enjoyed this episode, make sure you subscribe, leave us a review, or share with a friend. Also, make sure to visit us online at creativevisionariespodcast.com. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, or LinkedIn. And stay tuned for more episodes to come. And remember, it's time to tap into your true potential and unleash your inner visionary.